0: Alright everyone, welcome to the show. Good to have you here. Tennessee Wildcast, the weekly podcast of the Tennessee Wildlife Resources Agency. Hope you're having a good almost spring. We're getting there aren't we Jason?
1: Yeah, it's, you know, starting to see some weather today. So This
0: is when the people start changing a little bit. talking a little bit outside. I saw my first blooming buttercup the other day. Mm-hmm. That seems spring to me. Baseball spring training about to start.
1: Birds chirping and
0: yeah, fishing. People are killing the fish.
1: Skunks are running around.
0: Scopes <laughs> are right, it's making time. I saw that on our Facebook the other day. Jason Harmon, Doug Markham. We'll get to our guest here in a minute. It's uh, I, I, We're going to have a cool show today. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about something we haven't talked about much lately.
1: A real good show, I so think. So it's going to be
0: good. Uh, what's going on right now? We're kind of wrapping up the couple of weeks left, three weeks or so left of the uh, small game season. Yep.
1: Snow geese are... We've
0: got a light goose season.
1: It's going to be available here pretty soon.
0: What's a light goose? Yeah. Well, if you want to know what a light goose is, go to our website and you can see what a light goose is and...
1: And get that um, free permit Snow
0: goose is free permit to go out there but you can read about it on our site we put it on our Facebook the other day but if you want to still get out and waterfowl hunt and you know where there's a bunch of snow geese or whatever else is in that light goose family mm-hmm. you can go hunt for them still and that's a that's a that's a season they're having because they're trying to reduce the population sum of some of these birds across the country yep and wow. let's see what else is going on NWTF, right
1: NWTF is right around the corner and we you are can the buy home city
0: of NWTF we
1: are it's Opryland every year and and you can buy your new license
0: yeah it's the National Wild Turkey Federation <laughs> and yeah in about two weeks about the 19th of the month the licenses for next year go on sale if you're mm-hmm. one of those who buy them annually right if you, may, if you got a lifetime you don't have to worry about it do you nope and uh, anyway, those are going to be available. The good news—that's the bad news—that you have to buy them. The good news is they're not going up in yep. price. Right.
1: And the and the hard cards don't forget about those. Those are a neat feature yeah, for work, the new licenses. Yeah. We are, stuff.
0: worked with Barry Cross the other day, and we're going to do a we're going do a Facebook feature on the hard cards. Uh, these things were, they're they're an option if you want to buy them. They're. A whopping five extra dollars, but they're like a credit card. You can't use them like a credit card. They're credit card size. You stick them in your wallet. Right. They're durable. You have your license, on, your all your information on the back of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can still get your paper copies if you want to, but the hard copy is gonna be like a collector's thing. Yep. Our guest today is a big collector of the man that's that's uh, that's that we're working with on there because he's famous. Yeah, he's his artwork. Gallatin, Tennessee. Ralph McDonald. Mm-hmm. And if you see those hard copy, one's of a deer. We're going to have one coming up pretty soon. It's got a fish on it, a large mouth jumping out of the water. And there are going to be collector's licenses, and we'll talk more about that in a few weeks. Okay? Yeah. But anyway, it is almost that time. Let's introduce our guest. Yeah. Colonel. This is the Colonel, Darren Ryder. How Hello. are y'all this morning? Good. Good to have you here, Darren. First time you've been on with us.
2: It is, and... In- I know you will probably see my hat, so I don't know if that was a bribe or a <laughs> it's incentive a bribe. to get me here. <laughs> so I'm wearing my hat today. A, a, yeah, anything we have to a, as my token. If you
0: come back, we'll give you a shirt. There All right. you go. All right. Well, Darren is the colonel over here at Tennessee Wildlife Resources Agency, which means he has a lot of folks he works with in the wildlife officers across the state. You work out of the Nashville office. And you work with officers in the regions and out in the counties, is that right?
2: That's correct. Uh, it's the law enforcement. Actually, it's the boating and law Long enforcement division. So We incorporated the boating aspect of uh, the agency's business uh, a few years back. We, we merged both divisions. There was a separate boating division, and there was a separate law enforcement division. Then Director Carter merged the two divisions about six years ago, and so now it, it's together. And it, it parallels one another, and it makes all the sense because our our officers are multi-purpose. For sure, whether for they sure. do wildlife work or whether they do boating work, uh, enforcement-wise. So it, it made all the sense in the world to put <laughs> two divisions together.
0: There's so many questions and things I want to. We're going to talk about some of what y'all do and some of the things that y'all don't know that our officers do here in Tennessee. And I just got a lot of things on my mind. But let's let's stay there with the officers for a minute. How many are there across in Tennessee?
2: Well, we have a couple categories. We have 235 mandatory commissions by state law. Uh, officers and supervisors, which are your county officers and your field supervisors for the most part. Then there's a, another group of non-mandatory commission positions and, uh, that the law doesn't require, but what's happened is these, these employees had started out a career in law enforcement, moved to another position, but they've been able to retain their gun and commission, and, and they're a huge asset in in situations where we need extra uh force to work these opening like weekends, a boating weekend boating or, right, July 4th that. that kind yeah. of thing and then we have another program that's that's been just a great asset is uh we have part-time boating officers is what the category we have about 40 of those and these these officers are actually full-time with another department whether it's a city police department whether it's a county sheriff's department or whether it's another state agency And you're talking about a huge asset on on our peak holiday weekends uh, uh, during our boating season. They can fill in those gaps and give us that coverage we need because, as folks well know, that the boating season is busy. a lot of participation so it's very helpful to have these extra guys in boats for patrol work
0: do do the folks out on the water understand that a lot we get of course the the folks we work with a lot in the field in the woods and and, uh, even when we check when they're fishing they know who we are they have an idea what about the folks on boating that go boating they're they're not fishing at all you won't find a fishing rod they're just out there having a good time do they know who we are
2: They should. I think it's it's well-established when we show up in one of our patrol boats, the white, the green, and the orange, and and that signifies with our blue lights that we're there for their safety, and that involves basically uh, checking for boat registrations and certainly life jackets, running lights when they're required, skiing restrictions, and more importantly here in the last 10 years is the focus on uh, boating under the influence, and that's been a big component of our enforcement effort is to watch out for those impaired operators. And, and
0: just a second on that, is it same as DUI, the BUI, as far as the Oh, I, I don't want to get too deep yeah. into that because there's too much pretty to much cover. It, but is it pretty? It much parallels
2: same? the road law for for DUI. Yeah, it, it's same .08, uh, and so all the restrictions there, uh, operating privileges can be revoked. Uh, uh, you know, some court time, some jail time, and all that. You know, it, it,
0: it seems like in recent years, folks know, y'all, y'all making cases, but it doesn't seem like it's it's overwhelming anymore. Like maybe they understand mm-hmm. you guys are out there. And-
2: well, I think our, our our guys have been super trained on, on the detection of the BUI, and then I think the general culture now in the last few years, what I've been able to detect is, is the messages got out that we're out there, we're looking for this. So what's been valuable is – they have taken – the boating public has taken on herself to provide a designated operator, mm-hmm. if you will. So we're seeing a lot of that now. Good. Is there are aware it's against the law to operate while impaired? So now they're having their designated drivers, in which we are good with.
0: <laughs> okay. All right. And while we're just on the subject of boating, don't forget, boating course, that's coming around the corner. You can take a – course you got to take a test if you're born 89 or after correct and you don't have to take the course but i recommend it especially you can get somebody like an island Harold teaching that course and a lot of other guys out there yeah, that do a lot great. of
2: avenues to get that certification there is
0: and you said something to begin there they're, they're multi-talented they yes. have to they have to uh, do a lot of different things is what that means it's not just enforcement all the time but we get a lot of questions there what what do you have to have in tennessee to be a wildlife officer can you just go to high school and get the degree or what does it take
2: Well, there's a minimum education requirement, and that's a Bachelor of Science degree. And that can be in wildlife management or fisheries management. Okay. It can be in wildlife or fisheries biology, or it can be in natural resources. Okay. And it's a Bachelor of Science degree.
0: All right. And that's – we have lots of colleges in Tennessee program. that yep. teach them. Tennessee Tech and UT and Martin and – Martin,
2: uh, Lincoln Memorial. Lincoln and, uh, Memorial. East and there's State. a couple other universities that have supplied their curriculum to be accepted, uh, like Memphis uh, University and then also uh, – uh, Union University in Jackson, Tennessee. They're looking to try to get their degree requirement acceptable that's by co- us.
0: Great. All right. So you got to go that route. We got a you got a human resources office and a website that can teach you all that stuff too. And, mm-hmm. and but I guess that's one of been one of my most asked questions. Standing behind a booth, I'm not a wildlife officer, but I work with you guys, and through the years, it's been how do I become a wildlife officer? It's a very popular <laughs> position, job
2: in the world. It Wish is. I had your job.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, heard that a lot. We I'm hear sure that you a lot. have. All right. All right, Darren. Let's talk about you a little bit. You are the colonel. You've risen through the ranks and and become colonel of the agency in the law enforcement side and boating side. Where did you start?
2: Uh, It's it's a humble beginning. Uh, When I graduated from college a couple weeks later, they placed me at Lake Graham in Jackson, Tennessee, to where I was hired as a seasonal helper. And basically I cut grass Empty trash clean bathrooms And sold <laughs> fish permits That's how I started
0: You cleaned bathrooms
2: Did you? I had to I love
0: it That's awesome Did you work with Bobby Wilson Back then days? Was he there?
2: Bobby had gone to the Regional office As a regional fish guy So uh, Jeff, Jeff uh, Bailey Was the okay. lake manager And that's actually Who I reported to
0: Okay Well Bobby's our Assistant director I just wonder Because I know he Had some time there yes. So I, I just uh, I'd like to have A photograph of that <laughs> Anyway So what happened From there?
2: Then uh, actually after that, uh, I became, uh, I was able to get hired as a wildlife officer for Macon County. Macon. Uh, I don't that's remember That's my first that. county. Yeah. yeah okay. I was the Macon County flash is what they called me. Oh. So back then, <laughs> so I spent a year there. And then at the time I was able to transfer to Davidson, which at the time, not too many people took the initiative to come to Davidson County yeah, because of the big city, but I had uh, family ties here. And at the time. My girlfriend which is my current wife my only current wife, <laughs> wife. <laughs> <laughs> she was here and i wanted to get back towards yeah. her and so and in davidson county offered percy priest lake which i enjoyed working the boating did aspect. you worked mitch bailey back then absolutely okay and right. he was my county uh partner because okay. it was a two-man county in davidson at the time so we worked a lot of percy priest and then if you get out in the northern part of Davidson county the jolton area The gulettsville area man there's a lot of deer hunting a lot of small game hunting a lot of dove hunting
0: i think Davidson county still kills a thousand deer a year or something like that yeah (laughs) so it
2: it was a attractive to me and i spent a year there and then uh cheatham county came open and then i transferred to cheatham and man i spent uh, a lot of years in cheatham county and it it had a management area had the river had a waterfowl area so it it even offered more opportunity to Mm -hmm. do a lot of aspects of, of work then about 2000, I left Cheatham County and came to the Nashville office, and I was the sole boating investigator. So I was responsible for all boating accident investigations. And then, as that necessity increased, we were able to add a second investigator uh, to help with that with that program of boat accident investigation. And then, about 2005, Assistant Chief, you remember Dickie Wilson? I do remember Dickie. He I retired. Remember. So I promoted to the assistant chief of the division. At the time, Director Carter was the chief of boating. So mm-hmm. I spent a couple years as his assistant chief. And then about 2008,
1: Chief Chief
2: Carter became Director Carter, okay. which opened up a slot for me to be the boating chief. And so I spent two years as the division chief in boating. Like we talked about earlier, law enforcement and boating were separate. Then uh, Director Carter merged two divisions. So I've been the Colonel of the division since about 2010 for the last six years.
0: Okay. All right. All right. Everything cool? Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Good. So that's, that's a, me. That's a process. And so it's taken you?
2: 30 years? 30 years. All right. And uh, yeah, you're right there with me.
0: I am. <laughs> I sure am. You're Just right, right there with me. me. <laughs> All right, Darren. There are, there are the folks out there know that you work the hunting and fishing stuff. They know that you do that. Uh, they know, most of them, I think, know we do the boating uh, stuff, but they don't know some of the other things that we do, and, and that's a lot of what we want to talk about today. And you mentioned one already, and I want to get back to it, and that's boat investigation. Yes, we're out there, you guys are out there working the water daily, but if there's a an accident, maybe a serious accident, it entails a whole lot more than just looking at what happened and, and going back
2: to the house. Right, and, and, and that's through state statute, we're mandated to invest, get boating accidents and through a program, uh, a national standard program, through training, all our guys have have been trained to a national level standard to investigate boating accidents. So that's just part of our responsibility actually that's mandated through law that we investigate these boating accidents. We present those investigations to the local uh, district attorney and then they 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 look at it and review it and decide whether any charges will come forth or not out of each of those investigations but you
0: got a school to do it i mean it takes a lot to figure out who were boat a might have hit boat, boat boat b and and the impact and and uh, the direction and all that kind of stuff is something that you've got to figure out as part of an investigator
2: hard to find skid marks on the water it is <laughs> and it's sure. hard to you know when you have debris and, and results of a crash on the roads there's all kinds of stuff to look at photograph on on the water you have to be really trained to look at all that stuff that you just mentioned, and and because a lot of that stuff sinks, so we have a dive team that can go and recover some of that. We have a underwater robot that helps in those investigations, so that's a useful tool. So, yeah, our guys are very specialized in that, and and they do a. a a phenomenal job with that.
0: Okay, and we've had Matt on talking about that robot. That is it's awesome stuff that's helped mm-hmm. recovery. But and that brings to the other thing we do on the water, and that's recovery, rescue, and recovery. Work with a lot of folks across the state and these rescue, the local rescue units, and all that. But it's something we're also trained in and working on all the time. Work you'd rather not do, but you have
2: to. Yeah, it's just part of uh, of the good stewards of our our agency is to try to provide some some of those aspects where the recovery piece is is part of a uh, part of those
0: okay all right we also have something um we also have an airplane i don't know how many people know we have an airplane
2: <laughs> yeah miss Barber's our pilot she she does a great job uh she's got a plane that is multifunctional. again that uh, uh right now a lot of her work is a bat survey bat work uh, that she does and then, of course, during the winter, bats as in bats. Like, okay. Yeah, Indiana bats, gray bats, all the above. So okay. she's doing some uh, census surveys through that airplane. Okay. And I've not been able to. I want to do that because it's it would be new to me. But uh, during the winter is uh, waterfowl counts, so she's responsible for those waterfowl counts. And she's under the law enforcement division. Yes. Okay. That that she's underneath our division, okay. and then uh, along along some of those other surveys is. Uh, elk survey so the guys uh, can get up there and monitor some elk and you know here of late uh, some hog work she'll get up there and, and do some reconnaissance on where some hog problems are and try to uh, direct the ground troops to help with the eradication <clears throat> program of that and then uh uh, she goes every year to Texas and grabs a load of fish to bring back to, for mm-hmm. us. To that's, those,
0: that's those largemouth, right? Yeah, the largemouth bass.
2: Mm-hmm. So we get we get a load of fish. <clears throat> so she's very very helpful in that. She's, retrospect.
0: She's awesome. I've never flown with her, but I have flown with. This is how long I've been in. The Same person you flew with thirty years ago, and that's Dick Stark, Amazing. who still works for us as a dispatcher. He's an awesome guy.
2: He is incredible.
0: He is an awesome guy. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, that's an aviation program that we have, and. Um, when when she brings back those Florida largemouth, by the way, they're only about that big. I know, so tiny. <laughs> yes, they have a long way to go.
1: That's about the size you've been
0: catching. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I can get that anymore. <laughs> All right, uh, we also have something called an honor guard. Uh, yes. what's an honor guard?
2: Well, that was the vision of, of one of our captains, Matt Majors, kind of institute that he came. Matt's also the person yeah.
0: that runs the robot on yeah. the bottom.
2: and he came with that idea, and, and we sat down and talked about it. Then we went to Director Carter and, and kind of laid it out on the table, man, and he was supportive. So we selected uh, 22 officers across the state that is the Honor Guard program, and uh, they have done – I know I'm going to get stuck here. Yeah. <laughs> it, As long as I've been around, to me, that is the most heartfelt, most thing I'm proud of is is the honor guard. It's very touching. It's very emotional. And then when you have employees that have retired and given their life service to our agency, and when you can honor them in some small token, whether it's a casket watch, whether it's a flag folding, a 21-gun salute, that's at least we can do for that That person as he dedicated his life to our agency public so servant yeah that's very powerful and very touching to me on a personal note and these guys have done funerals. matter of fact uh yesterday the the metro police uh they were requested to be there to help greet and open doors for the metro police officer that lost his life trying to rescue a woman
0: yep and, and we then, also helped a little bit with that rescue attempt on the water yes yeah. we had
2: guys on the boat so i get emotional about the honor guard uh, it's just very powerful to me and, and what a great program and then they've uh they've did a graduation ceremony for Toledo they opened up the National Wild Turkey Federation with the color guard uh opening ceremonies they've done a, another national convention uh they participated in the Mississippi warden Lost, Arkansas warden Lost, South Carolina warden Laws. so man it what a, what a very powerful group and they are to be commended Going above and beyond. Yeah, that is awesome. To provide those services. And about
0: like Toledo, what does that mean?
2: Tennessee Law Enforcement Training Academy. Okay, so and, and
0: that's where that's okay. <laughs> that's um, and that's where we get a lot of our training. That's yeah. sort where of wildlife
2: officers go train. And that, that's our standard state-approved academy that all our officers, once they're hired they'll have to go through. They bumped it. When I went back in the day, <laughs> it was only eight <laughs> weeks, but now they've uh, seen the need for more subject matter, so they've increased that school to 12 uh, weeks. Let
0: me ask you that, because you, you got Long, me thinking about that now. that How much training does, once a wildlife officer goes through all those years of college, how much training, like at Toledo, at the training yeah. academy, how much time there, and then how much every year after that?
2: Well, as the change, you know, we talked about six years ago, merging division. One of the improvements that we needed in in me personally, I think training is absolute number one issue with law enforcement. Mm-hmm. As long as your training's good, the, the ultimate goal is for, for that officer to go home at night and be with his family. That mm-hmm. That's it, bottom line. So we've improved that training aspect from the day I hired when they handed me a gun and badge and said, see ya, that, that same day, to now it's a regimented full 12 months worth of training. And inside that training 12 months, 12 weeks. When we hire them, we'll get them for six to eight weeks for orientation training that's agency specific. Mm -hmm. Then we send them to the basic training academy in Donaldson for 12 weeks. Then when they come out, they still have to be with a field training officer, which is our sergeants, and they in that program for 12 months. So, this is a great improvement that we can indoctrinate these new hirees into the agency culture. So huge benefit, and, and training is, is number one.
0: Boy, it, it, it's it's a lot of yeah. training when you get going. Spend a lot of time on firing ranges?
2: Yes. I uh, mean, you drive on a driving track. You do close quarters boat handling. You do uh, uh, your handcuffing techniques. You do your rifle shooting, your shotgun shooting, your, your handgun shooting, all that above. Mm-hmm. And then another phase those are in phases and then we expose them to a waterfowl enforcement school a bear enforcement school elk enforcement school commercial fishing enforcement school uh, we just set up something for them to go a trapping school so they'll learn what's going on with, on the trapping side of business and be more aware of, of our trappers and it's just a full 12 months it's it's very rigorous so these, these new hirees, uh, it had been difficult 30 years ago for me to get through
0: it, I guarantee it. <laughs> <laughs> it's t- it is, without a doubt, it, it's tough. And uh, since you started today, it was all, it's always, anytime you're in enforcement, it's always dangerous. You never know every day what you're going out there. But it seems to me, watching you guys or listening to you through the years, there's, there's more to it now than ever. I, I think we had an officer, not in Middle Tennessee, I forget what county, that actually was on a river and came up on a floating meth lab. Yes. I don't remember what that was, but it's just what you run into these days, and you have to handle.
2: Yeah, and you got to be trained and, and be articulate on how to handle those. So, yeah, we we're, we're should be very well prepared prepared to handle this is what situations. you have to
0: train for everything yes. now it's just not as simple as talking to somebody about what they're hunting and fishing like that's your main purpose that's but right. you never know okay so we train and train and train all right we have a chaplain program too which the honor guard it's that it, to me Ma'am. they sort of remind each other
2: right and then they complement each other very well and then uh this
0: is our website you can actually learn about some of this on our web
2: there, is there all right? yes yeah. there's uh there's 10 guys uh that have uh, gone through actually the uh Police of Chiefs uh, National Certification, so they've all been certified as chaplains. And uh, Glenn Moats coordinates that. He's one one of our lieutenant colonels for the Boating and Law Enforcement Division. So this group complements the Honor Guard group. There's presence there. And some of their efforts now, the uh, hospital visits, if we have some retiree uh, folks that have hospital stays, we have current employees that have hospital stays, They'll kind of swing by there and, and ask if there's anything we can do for them. And then, uh, what's unique here, this group has started a uh, prayer list, if you will. So, anybody that's interested in li- in getting their prayer list, so uh, they're, they're a very active group. And then, uh, along with these retired uh, honor guard functions, they'll they'll complement that. So it's it's a neat group. Uh, uh, they're very excited about the work they're doing and I'm very proud of it.
0: And do you bring the officers all across the state, not just, just the ones that are stationed in Middle Tennessee of these officers representative? Yeah, of, they're of?
2: scattered throughout the state, and, and then the goal was try to have one per district mm-hmm. spread out across the state. And we have, you know, uh, eight districts in the state, so there's representation across the state. And then even if it, the goal, too, is if an officer has just wants to talk to somebody, it, they're openly – at their own free will to call one of these guys that will come to their need. And then that, that's part of that program was set up for any anybody that just wants to talk about anything. Cool deal. Well, All right. They got that set up.
0: All right. That's good. All right. We've got something else that most folks don't know. Every now and then they'll see a truck go by. It's green and it's got the K and the 9 on there. <laughs> or there will be, maybe they'll go to the turkey show and there will be an officer out there. Uh, Amy Snyder comes to mind. She was yep. at NWTF a few years ago or one of the events we had. And she had a dog there. And people say, you Guys, do dogs? What do we do with
2: dogs? We have we do have a uh, there's nine canine handlers across the state again, spread out uh, as best we can to for the best coverage. And uh, these folks, these handlers, uh, are good for search and recovery work. Uh, uh those dogs are trained for canine re- uh, article recovery in case somebody pitches a gun or a piece of equipment. We that had that happen the other day, right? Yeah. Amy and
0: found with her dog a yep. gun with a state
2: trooper. And yeah. then, uh, so those things are, are that was what they do. And then another component that's very popular is, is the school programs, the kids group. So oh. when they go to schools and educate them on wildlife, uh, work, uh, those dogs get exposed to a lot of school groups
0: okay do they train with those dogs uh, yes every
2: day uh yeah there's there's it's another rigorous training program they have to run tracks they have to maintain a, a log of all their work their hours spent out on the field and so yeah it's a it's a it's a rigid uh rigorous training program that they have to maintain and we we've have to get, there. there's a
1: video on youtube uh kind of an overview of our canine. Program so you can watch that on YouTube.
0: If you love dogs, are cool and they and the dogs love people. They work when they work and when they're off, they like to be petted. Like yes, you know, just dogs. They're just awesome things. All right, you also do. Uh, you also every now and then we get called upon because you guys are uh, enforcement and because you're really good in boats. If there is a disaster somewhere, Katrina comes to mind. Yes, down in Louisiana, New Orleans, South Carolina, right here in Nashville, Tennessee, in 2010 and 11. Uh, terrible flooding you guys got called and off you went
2: yeah that's uh, a a a big big component that again through state law we we are to provide assets during natural disasters and Tennessee is very blessed with those (laughs) (laughs) more than we probably need but uh (laughs) flood work ice storms uh are some of the things that uh in tornadoes uh we're very very rich in tornado work uh so Our guys have all the assets, whether whatever disaster is, uh, whether it's aluminum boat with uh, jet drive engines to get to these places during flood work uh, for uh, rescue to get them out of the flooded area, that's a big thing. Ice storms, we use ATVs to run up down the interstate for welfare checks on folks that have gotten locked down on the interstates. Uh, and just recently is the Gatlinburg fire. To check on their welfare,
0: not for their welfare checks, right? Right, right. We call them welfare checks, (laughs) make sure they got food and water, blankets,
2: they're warm, all that stuff, and so ATVs. Awesome. um, The uh, Gatlinburg fires is the most recent. Uh, We sent teams up there to help with uh, assessment of areas that have been burned to see if there's anything that needed to be any survivors or, or deceased for recovery, and Mark, uh, Katrina that uh we went to Katrina we've gone to South Carolina like you said but our guys and gals that man that we have the assets we have the skills and we have the knowledge and you get called a lot so TEMA calls us often for those assets
0: and you say TEMA that's a Tennessee emergency management and yes. I, at one time our director Ed Carter was a big member of TEMA do we still have a TEMA
2: representative are you it? well actually uh Glenn Moats is, we have a primary contact. Said, He's okay. our primary POC. And the other Lieutenant Colonel, Kate Taylor, is the secondary contact. Okay. So, yeah, by state law, we have to have a primary and a secondary. Okay. So, those, I, I was too busy. <laughs> <laughs> I had all this other stuff. I so, And Glenn, had, Glenn and Cape do a fantastic job they with do. coordinating and, and dispersing our assets. And, and it it's uh, a lot of people don't know how. Often we are called during these disasters, and what kind of manpower and assets? ready to roll. Yeah.
0: And I bet you, I bet you the officers—would you call them? I bet they jump all over it. Man, their trucks gassed
2: up, boats got oil, yeah. boats got gas, tires are good, supplies are good, and, and they're ready to roll. Ready to roll.
0: I just remember from the disasters yeah. that I—that the ones that I knew about the most, and that was Katrina in two thousand ten. I just remember how everybody was ready to go and win. And when you went down to Katrina, you stayed there for a long time.
2: About a week. Yeah, and crowded
0: little, just all of you in one room. We're going to run (laughs) out of time, but I do want to talk about the SIU, the Special Units. Is that right? Special Special Investigation investigation Units. What is that?
2: And basically that's a group of of investigators that deal with uh, a commercialization aspect. So if it's anything to do with commercialization of wildlife, that's their focus and history uh uh go back years ago to operation smoky where where bear gallbladders were the big thing we were participated in that and and had some very good outcomes of the illegal bear gallbladders uh then came a caviar case uh, the russian caviar where our, our paddlefish were getting taken for for the egg uh to make the caviar uh striking distance was exotic snake uh pet trade industry and so those guys are, are very undercover very undercover <laughs> and very trained and very trained and do a good job when it, the commercialization of wildlife gets uh aware uh, mm-hmm. attention
0: all right love to get them on the right time love to get you back on here darren and just talk about especially some of the cases that we've had through the years that are so interesting you did a great job
2: man that 30
1: Push minutes that, did go back. did go fast i got my hat though it goes fast nice <laughs> hat nice, hat. nice hat. shirt
0: next time <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for watching.
1: Yeah, thank y'all. You can pick us up on TNWildcast.com and find everything right there. So keep coming back.
0: All right. Thanks, Colonel. Thanks.